Thank you for checking out the Real Life Columbus podcast. Real Life Columbus is a student ministry of North Highland Church in Columbus, Georgia. We exist to help students know that Christ has reached down to us with love, provide a place students can be engaged in community, and help them advance in their faith so they can lead others to Christ. For more information or to connect with us, please visit our website, www.realifecolumbus.com, or check us out on social media at Real Life Columbus. Heart and soul, gotta know that you are here. Come on, lift your voice. Won't you fix my eyes? Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God is in this room tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need you. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Father. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and will not faint. The joy of the Lord will be their strength. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of the attack that our enemy is constantly bombarding our lives with. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of getting word from close friends that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy them. I'm sick and tired of the temptation that is ever in front of me. And I know tonight, I know tonight God has placed a holy anticipation in my heart Because I believe tonight God wants to reveal to us the key to overcoming, the key to being more than conquerors through Christ who gives us strength. There is a Holy Spirit of the living God who is available to each and every one of us. And He wants to bless us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to give us strength. He wants to give us purpose. The dreams that you have allowed to die because of the enemy's activity in your life cannot continue. You have got to grab a hold of what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. So Father, right now in this moment, we wait upon you. God, we ask that in the mighty name of Jesus, God, you would begin to cleanse this room right now from the front to the back, from the left to the right. If there is any offensive way in us, God, we pray that you would search us, oh God. Test our thoughts. See if there's any any offensive way in us and lead us in the way of everlasting. God, right now we take authority of every power, every principality, every dominion of darkness that would try to hinder us from experiencing the power of your presence, and we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. No failure, no guilt, no condemnation, no sin has the ability to thwart us from hearing your word and sensing your spirit. God, we pray that a release of your freedom, a release of your grace, a release of your mercy, a release of your presence would begin to flow right now in this room. Come on, open your mouths. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Lift up your voice, all you people. 
shout unto God with the voice of triumph. God, we change, change our hearts. with confidence knowing that you hear and you answer our prayers. God, tonight we thank you that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the grave is the same spirit that lives in each and every one of us. So God, right now we rebuke every negative doctor's report in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing and health and wholeness over our family, over our friends. God, we pray that a release of the miraculous would begin to take place. God, that our minds would be open to the power of your word tonight. God, that our minds would be relieved of the distraction, of the stress, of the pressure. God, help us to only hear your voice tonight. God, we thank you for the anointing of heaven. Have your way in our hearts tonight. Have your way, God. I pray that the person in this room that doesn't believe that you love them right now, it's a sign. Jesus wants to tell you he loves you. He cares for you. He's concerned about you. He desperately wants a relationship with you. Tonight is your night for breakthrough. Tonight is your night where all the pain will begin to dissipate, where all the pain and the hurt and the anguish will be transformed into life, into energy, into freedom, into power from on high. Not a power that's your own, but a power that is given to you freely. So I speak that over each and every one of us tonight. God, may we have not just a service in this place. God, may we have an experience, an encounter with your presence. That's my heart's cry. And I know that's your desire for our lives tonight. We ask this in your mighty, holy, magnificent, powerful, grace-filled name. The name that is above every name. The name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We claim these things in the awesome and majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We love you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, praise the Lord one last time. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for what you're about to do. Amen. You may be seated. Give somebody a hug on your way back. Aren't you glad we, we get to experience heaven on earth every single week? Aren't you glad that the love of Jesus is so powerful?
The love of Jesus is so unbelievable that he chooses to love us despite our failures. I'm so grateful for the love of Jesus. I'm so grateful for the mercy of heaven. I don't know about you, but I am a man in need of grace. I'm a man in need of a Savior. And I've got him in Jesus Christ. He died for me. He set me free. And he can do the same for you tonight. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to get ready. It's going to be just a second before I read the scripture for tonight. If you've got your word, I want to challenge you tonight. It's probably one of the most important messages I've been honored and privileged to communicate to this incredible ministry. I believe that tonight is the key to what unlocks the exact thing God wants to do in all of us. And that set us free. Tonight is week three of our series prom. Tonight, I want to ask a question. I, this is just, you know, personally, have you, ever, have you ever tried to do something and failed? Isn't that so frustrating? You actually put effort into it. Y'all are taking tests right now. You take a test and you, you actually study and you totally bomb it. Like that's one of the most frustrating things in the universe. I can't stand that. When I was in uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I tried something really hard. I tried my best to uh, play basketball and play for the, the, the school team, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I... I was a lot different in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. <laughs> I was not this tall, and I barely weighed 150 pounds in high school, let alone middle school. So I was tiny. I was uncoordinated. I was awkward, right? You know, I, just that little geeky guy down the hallway. Like. And everything in me, I desired to play ball. I wanted to hoop. I, ball is life, right? I wanted to play. And so I kept trying, and I kept trying, and I kept trying, but I was terrible. I had no real ability that, at that time to contribute to a team. But I kept trying despite my scrawny body and despite my lack of coordination. And I, what happened is at the end of my eighth grade year, I got so frustrated and so determined that all summer long I spent every, I ate, slept, and drank basketball. And, and I worked my tail off all summer before my freshman year of high school. And let me just tell you, I became a baller. Okay? So I entered as a freshman at the bottom of my totem pole. And I tried out for the team my freshman year. And, and get this, I was a step ahead of everyone trying out. I was crossing people over. I was, I was hitting shots I shouldn't hit. And I was, I was literally making the the guys who played on the team looked silly. It was so cool. I was so impressed with myself. It was fun. I, I mean, I out-hustled guys. I was faster because I trained out in the hot Georgia sun in the summer. 
I dehydrated myself multiple times just to be strong. And you know what happened? I got cut anyways. It, it was so frustrating. Like I tried my hardest. I did everything I possibly could do to train and prepare and to get myself ready to play on this team that, that had a spot with my name on it. And I got cut. And it was politics. I'm just, I'm just going to blame it on politics, right? But I've been thinking about it. Like everyone that made the team the freshman year, all of them played their 6th, 7th, and 8th grade year. And so the coach was only comfortable with allowing the guys that were on the team to play at high school level basketball. And I was thinking about this, and, and I wanted to share this, this principle with you guys before we get into the scripture. Some advantages in life only come through relationships. Sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes it's not necessarily what you can do or who, what you know, but sometimes it's who you know, right, that gets you an advantage in life. A lot of times that's just how it, it works. Who you know matters. See, if I had been in relationship with the coaches or if I'd been practicing with the team members often to get to know them better so that they would trust me and, and vouch for me, I would have been eagerly accepted on the team, but because I was disconnected, and I wanted you to hear that word very clearly, because I was disconnected, I was cut and failed to reach the goals that I had in my, in my mind to play basketball. You see, who you're connected to re relationally matters, young person. It's not always what you know, but it's also who you know. And I've been anticipating this week at Real Life for a long time, Juan and I have been talking about the need for a night like this. And there's been a holy anticipation in my heart because I believe that for many of us in this room tonight, we're going to come in contact with someone who can finally give you an advantage that you need to finally succeed. See, I believe tonight this person can help you have the power to finally stop failing. I believe the issue we normally dance around that we are addressing tonight is the issue of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. See, young person, the power of the Holy Spirit is real and available for us all to experience today. I believe that with all of my heart. I've been asking God to increase our faith in Him tonight. He's really the God of the impossible. He's really the God who can make a way where there seems to be no way. He's really the God who can do signs, miracles, and wonders. He may have did them 2,000 years ago, but my Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he can still do it today in 2016. See, despite our doubts, he is the God with no limits. Despite our rationalizations to explain God away, nothing can take my experience with heaven from me. Nothing can take away those experiences. I know that God is real and his Holy Spirit is alive and active in the world today because I personally have experienced the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. I am nothing, but I know the creator of all things. I've experienced the miraculous when I was 
in college, I wore glasses because I was incredibly nearsighted. I legally could not drive. And the spirit of the living God touched me through a season of prayer and through fasting. God touched my eyes and healed me, and now I can see fine. I've experienced the healing power of God in my life. You can't deny that. You can't talk me out of that because my license no longer has a restriction, so I've got some physical proof for you. God can heal, and he will heal. All we got to do is be available. I know the supernatural is real. I've seen it and witnessed manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and I've also seen manifestations of evil. When I was growing up, my dad was a pastor, and, and uh, it was a Wednesday night, and, and they had just all church Wednesday night. It wasn't like youth group. It was like everybody in the church. Mamas brought their kids and made them sit, and it was like, yeah, I fell asleep on my mom's lap listening to my dad preach on Wednesday nights. And one Wednesday night, I'll never forget because I was, I was just chilling, you know, just doing my thing. Like, this is cool. We do this. I'm just excited to go to Dairy Queen after service, right? And the next thing I know, service is wrapping up, and there's like the altar call time. And the next thing I know, everybody is kind of like looking to the side. And there's this little lady, and she's like middle-aged, maybe, maybe in her late 30s, early 40s. She, she's nothing... I mean, she's just a small little petite lady. And the next thing, everybody in the room's focus and attention is like, right over here. Because this lady is going crazy. She's like twitching and convulsing and like, it's like, oh, what is happening to this lady? And it's like, y'all seen the exorcism of Emily Rose? It's like, oh my goodness, what is going on to that lady? It's like something all but levitating in the middle of the room, and it's crazy. And as a little boy, I was looking over, and the next thing I know, I can still almost vividly hear in my mind's eye this 35, 40 middle-aged lady began to speak, and literally, I'm not lying to you, I am, God is my witness. She began to speak with the deepest voice. It was, it was demonic. I mean, normally she's like, hey, hi, how you doing? And this is It's like the devil is in her. <laughs> and everybody in the room is like, oh, my Lord, what is about to happen? And I'll never forget because the elders of the church began to pray, and we began, I, I was too little. I was like, I hope my daddy's okay. <laughs> And they began to pray, and, and the next thing I know, they, they circle her, and the elders of the church begin to lay hands on her and claim the power of God and pray for the Holy Spirit of God to release her from the bondage of hell that she's experiencing. And the next thing I remember is this look of relief, this release, where there was this tension and this demonic presence. There was this peace that passed all understanding that began to rest, and she just began to, her eyes changed because the Spirit of God had touched her and set her free. And I'm here tonight to tell you that if there are manifestations of the power of evil, then there are even greater expressions of the power of God. 
there's school shootings. See, the manifestations of evil may not always look like that. It may not always be poltergeist, right? See, the devil is a liar, so he's deceptive. The manifestations of, of demonic forces begin to show themselves in deceptive ways to not show the enemy's cards. So he does things like at prom, when, when you're with your close-knit friends and, and it's late and you want to just let all your inhibitions go and it's just, you know, we're going to, this is our senior year, we're going crazy and it's just prom, let's do this. And evil begins to take place. It's just a different form. Maybe it's the divorce that your family's going through. There, that's evil. God loves marriage. He, he's more concerned about our marriages and our families than we are ourselves. And so the fact that 50% of, of marriages, even more than that, are failing, that is a literal manifestation of evil in this world. But, but guys, if there is manifestations of evil, our God has even greater power. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's greater. I, I still work out. To this day, I, I, I lifted weights. Um, Hallie can, can vouch for me. She saw me at the gym today. At Max Fitness, it's a good place, okay? Ten bucks a month. There you go, Hallie. Appreciate it. Yeah, 20. Anyways, I work out and I lift weights, and what I do, uh, y'all got, anybody got an iPhone? I've got an iPhone. I'm still in the 5 series, so yeah, I'm sorry. So what I do when I work out, I got my basketball shorts on, and I have my phone in my pocket, and I've got my earbuds in, and I'm bumping to some Lecrae or some Andy Minio radio, and I'm, yeah, that's what I do. That's how I do it. And and so I'm lifting weights, and I don't know if this is really scientific, but I've been told that the more you sweat, the more healthy your cardiovascular system is. And so I just want to confess tonight, I sweat a lot when I work out, okay? Um, this will make sense in just a second. So I, I have my phone in my pocket, and what I do is I lift weights, and then I run. And when I run... I have to hold my phone because it bounces around in my pocket and that's annoying. And so my hands are sweaty when I'm running because I run hard. I don't like to run, so I want to run as fast as I can to get my mile done and get out. Because running for nothing doesn't make a lot of sense except for I don't want to be fat. Okay? So my hands are sweaty. And what, what has happened to my phone, get this sitting in my pocket, my pocket, there must be moisture in my pocket, that's gross, I'm sorry, but the little place that you, you plug your phone charger in, right here, there's corrosion that's starting to take place, it's so annoying, because every time I plug my phone in, I think it's charging, but the next thing I know is it's dead because it never charged, it's so frustrating, and, and here's the thing, it's been really frustrating the past few days, but, but this has helped me realize this truth, which is the foundation of what God wants to do in our lives tonight, and it's this truth, power comes through connection. 
if you don't have the connection right, then there's no power. And a lot of us in this room, we've been frustrated because we've been trying to do something. We've, we've actually put effort into doing what's right in, in our lives and what's right in the eyes of God. And we've tried to follow his word, but, but we've neglected to realize the fact that power, true power, comes through connection. You cannot function in the power. You cannot utilize the power. You cannot get the benefits of the power. You cannot walk in your created purpose if you're not connected to the power source. You will not have the power to do what you were created to do if you're not connected to the power of God. And so now let's look quickly at Acts chapter 19. Starting in verse 1, Acts chapter 19, it's on the screen. It says, Paul took the road to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. And he asked them this, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We'd, we'd never even realized. Young person, tonight you need to recognize that the danger our generation is facing is that we are close enough to see how the kingdom of God works, but many of us have never had a personal experience or a connection with the Holy Spirit of God. We've witnessed it from a distance just like these gentlemen, but we don't even realize that there is a source of power to get connected to that can revolutionize our lives. So Paul asked then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. John the Baptist. Paul said John's baptist, baptism was a baptism of repentance. That's a good thing to repent. But he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And on hearing this, listen close, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. It goes on in, in verse 11. It said, God did, listen to this. This is the crazy power that is not just in the old time scriptures, but it's available to you and to me. Listen close. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even the handkerchiefs and the aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. Their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them just by touching a garment of Paul. He was so full of God's Holy Spirit that just, the scripture also says that just walking Peter cast a shadow like this and dude, you're sick. Oh, guess what? My shadow just touched you. You're healed. The power of God was so evident in their lives and they functioned. They were so connected to the source that crazy things happened. Young person, I've come to tell you tonight that there is a next step after receiving the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And that step is to receive power from the Holy Spirit. If you're frustrated, you've tried, and you've failed, it's time to get connected. There's a power available to you tonight that can change the course of your life forever. See, too many believers are walking around defeated and depressed. Too many believers are being overcome by temptation. Did you realize that, that many of the sins we choose to commit and many of the sins that draw us in and tempt us are appealing because they create a counterfeit experience, a counterfeit experience that is similar but not quite 
the experience that the Holy Spirit gives you. Drugs and alcohol give you a high. But being set free and filled with the Spirit gives you a high that lasts and never gets old. When you're filled with the Spirit, you don't have to keep going and going and getting more and more because it's fulfilling the first time, the second time, the third time, and every other time. It's always life-giving. It's always fulfilling. It never leaves you depressed and wanting like drugs and alcohol. Pornography and sexual relationships with people other than your spouse give you a false sense of intimacy that leaves you in shame. But the Holy Spirit is a companion that will never leave you or forsake you and is an ever-present help in time of need. You want intimacy. You have got the option to get connected to the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life. And he'll never let you down. Too many believers in Jesus are walking around powerless, unable to fulfill their created purpose. Too many believers are failing even when they're trying so hard. They're attempting to live their life for Jesus, but failing simply because they're not connected to the source and the Holy Spirit. Tonight I've come to tell you that when Jesus rose from the dead, not only did he forgive our sins, but he unleashed a power that cannot be stopped, and Jesus wants us to be filled with that Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, verse 13, the story continues and it says, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They were imitators. They had a form of godliness, but no power. They would say things like, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Probably had a religious air about them. This is a perfect picture of how we cannot rely on someone else's relationship with Jesus. We've got to be connected to Jesus ourselves to have any real power. It continues, the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day an evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Put yourself in this story for a second. An evil spirit, just like the lady I described, Jesus I know. <laughs> Paul, I've heard of that, but who, who are you? That would just, unbelievable. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that he ran out of the house naked and bleeding. See, young person, this story helps us realize that dancing around or avoiding the baptism of the Holy Spirit will leave you eventually defeated and embarrassed. If you continue to avoid the issue of, man, I've been forgiven. I've been saved by grace through faith. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm good. I don't need anything else. I'm here tonight to tell you that if you continue to try to do this in your own strength and in your own power, you'll eventually be embarrassed and beaten. Guys, even... Even people with good intentions can be powerless if they're not connected to the true source of power. These Jews had good intentions. The people had evil spirits, and so they, they thought, hey, look, Paul's doing it. Let's do it too. So in the name of Jesus that that guy preaches. Good intentions, but no power. 
These Jews watched Paul and others do incredible things, but they were never connected to Jesus. And without a relationship with Jesus, they were powerless against hell. We do this all the time. Even when scripture is clear that it's not by our own might, it's not by our own power, but it's by the Spirit of God that significant things happen. My phone does not work unless it is often connected to its power source. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. The Holy Spirit is the power source. It's the difference between someone who takes and the person who's greedy and someone who's giving and generous. It's the difference between a couple who chooses to abstain from sexual relations until marriage and the the couple who is filled with shame and guilt because they constantly are trying not to have sex, but they are still doing it. The Holy Spirit is the difference between He's the one who gives the power not to curse and use profanity every other sentence. Some of you have tried so hard not to have a potty mouth, but you can't do it. You've tried and you've failed. Let me tell you, there is a power that will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks, and the only thing that can truly set you, your heart free is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the difference between complacent Christians and compassionate Christians. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to not sleep around. The Holy Spirit is the difference between defeated Christians and victorious Christians. The Holy Spirit empowers us to party all the time, not just when substance is going through our system. That's the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the difference between being lukewarm in your faith and being passionate and on fire for God. I can point to the ones who I know, I know that I know, I can see the mark of the Holy Spirit in their life because they're in love with Jesus and they're passionate about life. It's something special when somebody encounters and is connected to the Holy Spirit. These jokers tried to invoke the power of God on the forces of evil without being connected to the source and they got beat ran away, and they were ashamed. And so this tells me that there are things in this life that you should not try to face on your own and in your own strength. There's things that you should not try to overcome by your own power. In fact, you, you were never intended to live the Christian life on your own and in your own strength. See, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus had resurrected from the dead and was about to ascend into heaven. And he told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait there until they received power from the Holy Spirit before they tried to do what he had called them to do. I want to invite Rachel and the rest of the band to come as I close. Tonight, I know this is an issue we dance around. Pastor Jonathan, Pentecostals are weirdos. Pentecostals are just flaky people, right? Pentecostals are mindless who rely on their feelings and emotions, and they're irrational people, right? This is things that we, we sometimes think, man, you're really talking about Pentecostal, Holy Spirit, fire of God, baptism, speaking in tongues. Aren't, aren't you guys the ones who handle snakes, right? That's a bunch of weirdos. Aren't you the guys who claim gold dust and angels' wings fall from the sky during your worship services, right? Like, oh, oh, Shekinah glory of, of God, right? 
or y'all are the ones who worship so hard. You're like, I'm going to swing from the chandelier, right? Hey, I threw that in there. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. It says, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I believe we live in the the last days where Jesus is going to crack the sky soon. He's going to come for his people, and he's going to resurrect the dead, and, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and God is going to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and it's going to be a great and majestic situation that happens, and so I believe that God wants to pour his spirit out, and tonight, the power of God is available to you. All you have to do is get connected to the source. I want to graciously ask the skeptic in the room tonight to consider this. Maybe you've had those thoughts. Pentecostals, you're weird. They're out of their minds. They have no rational thoughts. I want you to, want you to consider this. Consider recalling the story I just read to you in Acts 19 where the seven sons of Sceva were powerless against the evil they faced. Consider this if you're skeptical of what the Holy Spirit of God can do. Being defeated, being beaten up, being embarrassed, and running from the things we've been given authority over in Jesus' name seems stranger than being given the ability to speak in tongues and walk in the gifts of the Spirit that the baptism of the Holy Spirit brings. Doesn't that make more sense? Would you rather just continue to keep trying and trying and failing? Or would you rather be connected to the one power, the one source that can make you more than a conqueror? The one source that can make the verse that says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength come true. I want you to bow your hearts and close your eyes right now all across this room. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you are the third part of the Holy Trinity. We, we claim you as Father, God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We recognize that you exist and you want to function in each and every one of our lives. So Holy Spirit, right now I, I invite you to begin to prick every single heart in this room that is far from Jesus. You're in this room and you've never experienced the power of God. You've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. There's only one prerequisite to being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's to be saved by grace through faith by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is God's only begotten Son and He died on Calvary's cross. A punishment that your sin deserves. But he took that penalty and he bore it on himself. He had the nails pierce his hands and his feet. He let, he released his life as a sacrifice, as an atoning sacrifice for your salvation. And if you want the power of God to be released in your life, the very first thing you have to do is you've got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've got to, by faith, accept the grace, the mercy. It's a free gift. But all you have to do is believe that he died for you. The Bible says this. It says, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. 
And if you want the power that I've been talking about, a manifestation where you can stand up with authority, and finally, 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 the things that you've tried so hard to do, and the life that you've tried to achieve on your own strength and in your own power, if you finally want to receive that power that can give you the key to unlock that type of living, you first got to accept Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're in this room and you know that you cannot receive the Holy Spirit of God because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want one right now. I want you to raise your hand and hold it high. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. His love is here for you right now. His grace is here for you right now. His mercy is here for you right now. Don't miss this moment. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Now is the moment. Now is your... Now is your time. Tonight is the night of your salvation. You want to give your heart. Jesus, we need you right now. We admit when we raise our hand, it's a surrender. I need the forgiving grace because I'm a sinner and I'm far from God. Raise your hand right now. We're about to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody repeat after me. Everybody in this room, say it loudly and say it proudly. Dear Jesus, I, I confess I am a sinner in need of grace. Will you please forgive me for everything, every sin, everything I'm not proud of, everything I'm ashamed of. God, I ask that right now in this moment, your blood would wash away all guilt, all shame, all condemnation. God, set me free. Forgive me. And I choose tonight to make you Lord of my life and to serve you from this moment on. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Some, a lot of people got saved right now. God is doing something. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Adult leaders, come right now. Come on. Come quickly right now, adult leaders. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Stand up. Now is the moment, now is the time that I have had such a holy anticipation because for, for the first time for many of us in this room, you're about to receive one of the greatest gifts you could receive aside from salvation. The, the greatest thing you could ever receive is, is the grace and the mercy and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But now, many of us in this room, I'm believing, are about to experience the power of the living God, a baptism of the Holy Spirit for the very first time. And it's not going to be weird. It's not going to be strange. It's going to be an anointed, powerful expression of His Holy Spirit that's about to flow in this room. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share one last thing, and we're about to just open up these altars. But one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had with the Holy Spirit, personally, was in a worship setting like this. But I chose to worship God despite what anyone else around me was thinking. I chose to worship God despite what any of my friends thought. I chose to worship God and focus my attention on Him. Nothing could distract me. And in that moment, in that instant, I could audibly, almost audibly hear in my spirit the voice of the living God speaking His love song over my life, speaking affirmation, speaking power. So I challenge you in these next few moments, I challenge you, go after God. Worship Him in power, in spirit, and in truth. 
But if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're tired of trying to do this life of Christian faith on your own. You're, try, you're tired of failing. You're tired of putting effort in of your own strength and of your own power. And you want a supernatural power to be birthed in your spirit and in your soul. You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I challenge you in this next moment. Come, Father, we give you these next few moments. Release the power of your Holy Spirit in this room. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Let's worship. Let's go after God. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you come now. Come on. Changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord. Atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. Oh, the spirit of the Lord is here. Now I recognize tonight that there are many in this room who have had an experience in the filling of the Holy Spirit. So right now, the next, the next offering I'm going to, the invitation I'm giving to you is if you have been trying to do something, could be anything in your, in your life and, and you've tried, you've put genuine heartfelt effort into it. And there's some sort of failure. There's some sort of shortcoming. You haven't seen the results that you've wanted to see. I want to challenge you. That, that could be something that is your fault or something that's not your fault. So in coming to this altar, it's not showing that you're weak or showing that you're someone who should be ashamed of, of what's going on in your life. But I want to challenge you, if you're frustrated with trying and not getting the results that you've wanted to get in some form or fashion in some area of your life, I want to invite you to get to this altar right now and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to do what only He can do in that area of your life and He's going to set you free. He's going to do what only He can do. He's going to unlock the key to your success. So come right now as we continue to praise.
I believe that with all of my heart, but if you have to slip out, I want to dismiss those who need to leave. But I also want to say, and after saying that, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Think about it. Let's, we, we look at cancer and we think cancer is a big deal, right? It's a, it's a thing where the cells of our body begin to wig out and do things they're not supposed to do. That's, that's a big deal to us. It kills people, and so it causes us to have fear and anxiety. But guess what? Every fiber of your being was created by the power of God. With just a simple breath, God spoke and breathed the stars into existence with a the heavens, Scripture says, were created and formed. And if we were just a couple miles closer to our one sun, everything we know and see would be consumed because it's so powerful. And Scripture says that the entire galaxy was created with a single breath from God. A huh. That's all it takes. And so I want to challenge you. You're in this room tonight, and you're facing an impossibility. You're facing something that you think is too big. It's been so difficult. It's been so hard because it, let's just be real, the, the 18 months, you're not going to get through it without the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit before you can get through this program. God wants you to be free, not in a few months. He wants you to be free now. So the impossibility that you think it's impossible to be free because you're confined, God wants to set you free tonight. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible. So you've got a family member, a loved one, somebody who has a negative diagnosis that just seems like it's impossible. You've got a friend who is so far from God that you just think they'll never get it. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So I want to challenge you, if, if you're in this room and that's you, and, and you have the courage to say, you know what, I've tried in my own strength, but now I want the Holy Spirit to get involved in this situation. I want you to get up here, and I, we're going to pray with faith, and we're going to watch as tomorrow, as tonight, we'll get a phone call, we'll get a text. God will do something. He'll change things. He'll set you free right now in this moment. If you'll just obey somebody, it's tugging on your heart right now, and you want the freedom, you want the liberty of knowing that God can do it. Diabetes has no rule or reign over your family. It can be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. We speak that into existence. We speak, God, we pray that, that faith would arise in this place right now. That faith would arise in this room. God, that doubt would be removed in the name of Jesus. Let faith arise. Courage and strength. Wisdom and power. Life and wholeness. God, freedom and liberty. Let those things be stirred up in our hearts right now. Help us to have the faith to believe. The Bible said when, when multitudes were healed, Jesus said, it's your faith that healed you. So, God, we pray that you would raise up the standard of faith in our hearts right now. And let's respond to his Holy Spirit as we continue to worship. Spirit of God. Some of you guys are frustrated. You're frustrated because everything in you wants to do something 
about what's happening back at home. Everything in you wants to be, you've changed. Something has happened in your life. And so now you want to you want to be home. You want to be done with what you're dealing with right now. You get letters, you get phone calls. Maybe your last parent visit was God awful. you got some news that you just wish you could do something about, but you're stuck. God would say, you may be in the place, you're in the place that I've got for you right now. But although you can't go and do something about it, God would say, the Holy Spirit can, and the Holy Spirit will. So don't let your frustration rob you of your tenacity to pray for the Holy Spirit to be unleashed on the situations that you can't handle right now. Don't let your joy be robbed from you because you're in a, you're in a holding pattern. God has called you for greater things. See, I believe in Teen Challenge and I believe in anyone that's in a Teen Challenge program because I know when, when somebody is forgiven of much, they're that much more grateful. That's why I'm so grateful, because I know what I've been forgiven of. And I know what God can do with a murderer who persecuted Jesus. That murderer was Paul. And that murderer was the one who who went and, and baptized people in the Holy Spirit every day of his life. He walked with power. He walked with authority. He walked with purpose. He walked with integrity. That is coming for you. It's coming for you. Just hold on. A couple months is nothing in comparison to the eternity that's in front of you. Your life is not over. It's just starting. It's just starting. It's just being rebuilt so that you can do better than what you would have done if you'd never come to this. So please, let the Holy Spirit encourage your heart through my words right now. God, I pray for each and every lady that is in this amazing program that God I pray for a sensitivity of their hearts to be unlocked right now in this moment God I pray that the callousness the the, the guard walls the, the barriers that, that they have placed to protect their hearts God from, from being molded and shaped into the exact person that you've called them to become through this program. God, I pray right now you would replace the hardness and replace the, the frustration, replace the anger, replace the rebelliousness with, with a sweet spirit 
God, I pray that you would help them to have a vision that is beyond just a couple short months. Help them have a vision for the multitudes, the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives that are going to come into the kingdom of heaven because of their life, because of their testimony, because of their tenacious spirit to never give up on what you can do in them and through them. God, that if you can use... Saul, who was a murderer, who hated you with all of his heart. God, you can use even us. So, Lord, I just pray that from this moment on, Holy Spirit, you have control of the sinner in Yuchi. Holy Spirit, you have rule and reign and dominion over every dormitory. Holy Spirit, you have rule and reign over every journal. Holy Spirit, you have rule and reign over every service, every, over every prayer time, over every meal time, over every kitchen cleanup time. God, every sweeping of the, of the sanctuary. God, even digging holes for no reason. I don't know what you guys do. God, if you can use a sinner like me to preach hope and love and forgiveness, God, you can use these powerful young women to revolutionize this world. The revival that's coming will come through women like you. The revival that, that God will come and sweep up his church is coming through women like you. That's the vision you need to hold on to. Not just a couple months. Not just your next pass to go home for a week. Grab a hold of the vision that the revival that will call Jesus to crack open this sky is going to come through your life and through your testimony. And don't let go of that vision.